welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Architects of Entropy, and this is episode 56. And we are all back together again. Our whole crew is here. How's everybody doing? Doing okay. Doing okay. <laughs> it's good to be back. At the risk of giving away uh, the date that we're recording this uh, in the fair city of uh, somewhere in the Confederacy, President Biden is visiting. And so traffic trying to come home wasn't awesome. So uh, his, uh, you know, mealy mouth centrism bothers my uh, sniveling lefty sensibilities. But uh, <laughs> but I'm mostly annoyed about the traffic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know. So. Well, where we are, you know, up north, us Yankees, uh, you know, Biden doesn't bother because he figures he's got it wrapped yeah. up. So <laughs> we're generally left alone, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, lucky you. Yeah. Well, I figure you, know. you guys are shut down enough from snow. He figures, well, I don't really have to come in there and clog up all the roads. It's basically they <laughs> shut down a bunch of roads and then all the police didn't bother to do any traffic enforcement on all the alternate routes. So it was like, you know, hey, if you put a traffic cop here, people wouldn't be driving on the sidewalk. I'm just saying, I just feel like a little bit more planning, <laughs> just a just a scotch more planning would have been fine. But yeah, that's OK. Yeah, you we know. all lived. Well, I lived. I, I assume there weren't too many road fatalities in the last few hours. <laughs> have to admit, I didn't check. Yeah. Well, you know, how will them? They're not on this podcast. Who are they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> maybe they were listeners. And now now we're screwed. <sighs> I, 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 I doubt that. Uh, but uh, MJ is back with us now. How are you doing, MJ? I'm doing all right. Hanging in. Good, I mean, good, good. Despite the state of the world, I'm doing okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, as, as always, uh, there's a yeah. caveat to how good we're doing. <laughs> but we're in fantasy land for a reason. You yes. Know? Uh, it's better here. I'd rather be facing giant sentient slimes and horrible swamps and evil monsters. Yeah. The dragons of this world, you're actually allowed to slay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, and speaking of dragons, ooh, nice segue. <laughs> nice segue, yeah. <laughs> uh, last we left you guys, you finally made it into Emthodkiss. The con worked. Good job, everybody. Basically, <laughs> sure. Yep. <laughs> it's not quite the way I remember it, but okay, <laughs> let's go with it. Kiernan, uh, just, you know, to catch you up, you were having a lovely conversation with Gertrude in which she was able to weasel out of you while you were actually there. And then you were possessed by uh, the blood ghost of Reinhardt Ruger. Yeah, good times. And then you woke up. You've been kind of groggy. You're finally feeling better after uh, you uh, were led through the path of assassin vines and horrible traps that is the gauntlet. And Gertrude has led you to a clearing here on the outskirts of a place called Jakesh, where she has gone to inquire about the whereabouts of a Sunka slime talker, who is apparently uh, the, uh, you know, he's the he's the guy who talks to the slime. <laughs> so you have had a moment to rest in a relatively, uh, you know, safe-ish area. And then the sky went dark. And you realize that's not a big black cloud, but a huge black green dragon that uh, is blotting out the sky. And that's where we left you last time. We'll pick right up there. This is why we stay underground. I've heard that sometimes dragons go underground too, though. But they can't fly over you and appear out of nowhere. Fair. I guess it depends on the size of the underground you're in. True. 
<laughs> what we are we are we gonna have to fight this thing because i i don't like our chances no that'd be nonsense i wasn't gonna start anything you only fight a dragon if you have to and it's just been fed <laughs> and as you guys are having this moment the dragon looks like it's going to swoop down in your direction but as it does it shifts and twists back up into the sky and then dives down towards where you would surmise the center of this uh, giant bowl swamp is and uh, where you see in the distance this big black tower and then it's out of sight swamps why did it have to be swamps? <laughs> uh, what are in swamps? I, I, you know, the, the number of swamps I was in before I met the lot of you, which, by the way, this has been the, these have been the greatest weeks of my life, but, ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> I die in a swamp. All right. Well, let's uh, hope the slime talkers in a chatty mood, I guess. And yeah, after a couple minutes of just kind of awkwardly hanging out there, swatting bugs away and uh, trying to stay away from any living things that are crawling or, or flying around, the tree line is broken by the sight of Gertrude, and she is not alone. At her side, you see a very small figure of what you would imagine is a kobold. He is about three and a half feet tall. He is wearing these dusky weathered clothes that have pouches with little uh, vials in them. And he has all kinds of like pouches of tools and things. He carries a very dirty staff and they're all manner of different colored stains all over his clothes and his skin. He wears a little pair of goggles and he has two protruding horns. Uh, one of them is broken. He walks with a very stooped gait, even though it's, you know, hard to kind of tell what his age is. Gertrude and this figure approach. It looks like we are in luck. I was able to locate our erstwhile slime talker. This is Sunka. Hello. Pleasure to meet you. Well met, Sunka. Thank you for speaking with us. It's nice to speak with folk who have intelligible language once in a while and aren't mm. covered in slime. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that you find yourselves here now. Maybe there's something you can help us with. Ms. Ruger has uh, given me a very broad strokes background of what brings you here. And I think perhaps some things might be starting to make sense. But I, if you could just uh, kind of uh, fill me in a little bit more, maybe we can put some of the pieces together and figure something out. Well, there is an entity, and the rest of you, please leap in when I get something wrong here. An entity that calls itself the god without shape. Godhood is debatable, but uh, it's very powerful. It has been corrupting various areas, and we've been able to cleanse those areas and kind of chase it along. We have tracked it to Emthodkis, and we believe it is uh, in the um, the lovely, the gloriously titled uh, Slime Canal. Uh, yes. We're concerned about its corrupting influence in this area, and we're hoping uh, that we can at the very least thwart it again, or perhaps you know, finally defeat or banish or I don't know, whatever you do to a god without shape to make it go away permanently. Alright, that's starting to connect some dots. Uh, not very many people outside of Emthotius are aware of the slime flow uh, that uh, permeates uh, certain pockets of our world. 
These primordial beings uh, have been experimented with and manipulated with, but you know, there is a source of these emanations. And the uh, Shrebkash have made a claim on these entities, uh, and we, of course, use them and, and sell them to people as weapons, because that's what we do. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Use our vast intelligence and, and alchemical and scientific knowledge to, you know, make things explode and, and kill things. And uh, lucky me, I uh, have been gifted with the ability to understand the mind of the being uh, of the flow they, that they, we refer to as the Great Slime. And there are possibly others in this world, but it is, as far as I can tell, the a controlling entity in some fashion, but not like this entity you're talking about. Uh, we have learned through channels about these corruptions and plagues and things. And over the last few weeks, especially, there have been uh, more incidents that have become known about different parts of Ayamura as these conflicts arise. But all I can tell you is that a few days ago, I had to flee from the Great Slime because it was becoming agitated and tough to communicate with. It was sensing some kind of um, sickness. It's a giant primordial ooze. It doesn't get sick and it doesn't get scared. But for all that I could tell, it was experiencing things that uh, it had never experienced before. Uh, not exactly emotions, but uh, instincts that were being challenged. Things were getting very out of control there, but I did uh, tell myself that I would try and find the source of it and the answer to it, and perhaps I can learn more if I can get it to calm down. That's the rub right there. Well, I think we all agree that we don't want to run into any kind of unruly slime. No. So it being calm would be ideal. But the problem is a lot of communications are starting to become cut off in different places. There's these incursions from the south with these orcs that have blundered in, causing all kinds of trouble. The Shrebkesh are working overtime to keep up with the demand from outside sources, uh, not even just to the south. But there are people here that are starting to make contact from all over through various sources to make deals. There's a lot going on here right now, and and I think perhaps if this is the centerpiece of this uh, conflict right now, this is a, well, I can't think of a worse place for something like that to happen. How about this? I am willing to return to the Great Slime and try and reach it, communicate with it, and settle it down so it can give us some kind of clue as to what's going on and where this thing might be trying to go. Because if it's had direct contact with it, something must have been shared. But I certainly don't want to go there alone. If I had some capable help, I we can escort you. Yeah, capable might be uh, it might be stretching it, but we'll <laughs> certainly come along. We're not dead yet. Don't know if we're good. capable, but we're here. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's a start, and that's good. <laughs> we survived our encounters with it so far. Good. Good. Excellent. I'm going to get my skiff prepared and we'll take a journey uh, down into the center of the swamps. It's not as nice there. Yeah, it wouldn't be, would it? All right. So not to uh, betray any trepidation on our part, but how much dragon are we likely to encounter going to the center of the swamp? The dragon has very little interest generally in the slimes, but honestly, uh, he's been kind of agitated lately 
but nobody's exactly sure why. But then again, I mean, he is a dragon. They're ultimately unknowable. And these great dragons are ancient, uh, inscrutable beasts. But uh, I, I would say it's something akin to a tantrum. He wouldn't be agitated in the same way the great slime is, would he? Well, I hope not. Uh, I, I know I feel better. And I'm, I'm glad I asked the question. Well, I can't think of a worse thing. Give us some time. We'll come up with something. <laughs> Very well. Uh, well, I'll get ready. I'll uh, I'll get my skiff ready and we'll we'll move right away. Let us know if there's anything we can do to help. Uh, certainly. He gestures down to Morple. He says, oh, hey, do you think you can help me with something? Morple looks over at you, Nolan. Of course he can. He lives to serve. Uh, okay. <laughs> Always wanted to talk shop with one of you things. Come on. <laughs> uh, just kind of keeps looking back at you like. What is what is happening? Yeah, I'll try to like through nonverbal communication let Morple know that look, if he tries to eat you, you can fight back, but otherwise help him out. Yeah. We need the slime guy. He wanders off into the trees and he starts asking like a million questions about uh, any alchemical breakthroughs that Morple might be aware of, as you get the impression that that's more what this guy mm-hmm. would rather be doing with his time than talking to a bunch of ooze. Ah, uh, this poor guy. He finally comes across uh, Michael Og and it's Morple. It's a real Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. At this point, Gertrude kind of clears her throat. Well, um, I... Don't want to come see the slime? I understand if you don't want no, to. No, I, I really don't. But I would if I felt comfortable leaving things at home in the state that they are. I have left Helga alone too long with that uncomfortable situation. If she wakes up and is able to get out of the room, then I don't like to think about it because, uh, you know, as horrible as she is, she's still family. And I would like her to uh, get an opportunity to perhaps um, make up for her horribleness. But yeah, you've got weird family stuff to deal with. We got stuff to deal with. It's perfectly understandable. We wouldn't want Helga running around unchaperoned. We do appreciate you uh, guiding us here. We never would have made it without you. Yes, thank you. And uh, Kiernan, um, yes. if we could uh, just have a, a quick word uh, before I go. Yes, of course. And she walks kind of away with Kiernan and Rain, who just always assume is just with you. So. Yes. Watching. <laughs> Are you feeling better? I, I think so. I think I've recovered. I'm not sure... Please. Do you have any uh, memories or anything? Vague. Very vague. I remember speaking with you, and then I think I lost myself, but now I understand what happened. Yes, um, I'd like to apologize on behalf of my father, who, uh, from what I understand, uh, briefly took possession of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) No need to apologize. And in a way, I feel honored that he chose me. Well... (laughs) That's good to know. Uh, well, um, you know, she is awkward. You're both very awkward. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, uh, good luck to you and on this uh, mission of yours. And I think I am going to go to Malshar. I've never been to the city. I would like to see it. I think you'll enjoy it. So, um, yes, if, uh, if you head that way again, um, perhaps we'll run into each other. Yes, I, I hope we do. And I hope you'll be well. Along with your family. Yes, yes, I, I, I'm sure we will. Uh, a life outside of this place would be nice. <laughs> Though I know no other home, I have to imagine that there's better one somewhere else. You deserve to find one, if anyone does. Yes. She 
crouches down and gives a pet to Rain. Take good care of him. He's a good one. Yes. He's helped me through so much. And then you realize she was talking to Rain. (laughs) (laughs) And she looks back up at you like, oh, yes, no, that's entirely what I meant. Oh, uh, I blush, obviously. (laughs) I feel like there is more to you than I see, but there's no time for such things. Good luck to you and your friends. Yes, thank you. I believe there's more to all of us, but I suppose that's the beauty of humanity, no? There should be something beautiful about it. There's certainly (laughs) a lot of ugliness to go around. Ah, that is true. And then she goes over and mounts Nightmare, and they uh, trot off into the swamps. I will wave, even if she doesn't look back. Yes. There you go. That's a little bit of what we weren't able to do last time. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Just as awkward as it was before. (laughs) As it should be. As it should be. And you mean you return back to the, uh, the rest of the party? Yes. No, I'm going to head the other direction. I'm yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to follow her. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> That'd be the wise thing to do. Yeah. If I, if I hadn't kind of sworn to do this, I'd be with yeah, you. I'm yeah. out of here. <laughs> well, when you come over, we're all having a non-awkward conversation about... <laughs> horses. How? Yeah, but about how uh, there's really not that much more to any of us, and what you see is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Eventually, Sumka comes back with Morple, and they're chatting with each other now. Morple is talking about, you know, all the things he's seen, and Sumka's asking him questions about, like, the library and the university and stuff, and uh, some kind of weird friendship is struck up between these two uh, weird little guys. Uh, we're ready to go. If you are, it's... Uh, Going to be a little tight there, but I think we can all fit. I usually haul a lot around on this thing, so uh, weight-wise, it shouldn't be a problem. Great. Excellent. And then you see, like, there's these barrels and big bottles that are stacked up by this little dock that goes out, you know, over this watery delta area. And you can tell basically this, these are containers that he uses to transport slimes and oozes to various uh, places. They look like, you know, an artist's mock after about a hundred years of just all variety of colors that have occupied these containers. The skiff, it's, you know, a kind of medium-sized flat little boat that he maneuvers around with like a big pole. The general flow of the water here at the sump, everything kind of moves down. You know, you're always on a slight incline. It takes you a couple hours And you just find yourself kind of winding around these little canals that are just made up of land masses just coming up out of the swamp water. And eventually you start heading northerly and the thick wall of black cypress and black willow trees recede into a massive clearing. And that the first thing that hits you is a smell. It's almost indescribable. You feel it in the back of your throat. It's like an acidy yet somehow metallic taste. And the air is thick and all around the ground starts to give way to bubbling pools of vibrant color as you have entered the domain of the great slime. The roiling puddles of ooze and slime undulate and they almost breathe. And these individual pools are of all different colors. They are connected by these canals that stream down 
into a center point. It's a big area that's kind of cleared out of the swamp itself, but there's like dozens of these pools of greens and purples and blacks and grays. And and they all, each one of them has like a little canal where that flows down into a center point. And as you look down, probably a couple hundred yards away from you, you see this gargantuan amalgamation of colors and textures that just thrashes around shapeless, just whipping around like a giant slime tornado and splashes all manner of effluvium into the air. You're a good distance away from it, but if you're any closer, you don't even know what you'd be covered in. Sunka just kind of looks at you as you, you get up out of the skiff and there's this, well, let's get moving. Great. This is everything I could have hoped for. And as you approach, Sumka is kind of uh, like staying with you kind of around him. Mm -hmm. And as you begin to get closer towards the center, masses start to rise out of the pools all around you and pour onto the ground towards you. And you hear a voice from the center cry out this... As slimes and oozes begin approaching you in a very threatening manner. And at this point, I'm going to ask you all to go ahead and roll for initiative. Dun, 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 dun. So you don't need to put a sound effect in there. I got you covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's good. That's helpful. I got a 23 for initiative. All right. Excellent. How about Morple? A Morple? Morple did terrible. He got an eight. Okay. <laughs> I hope all my bad rolls go to Morple. That's awesome. That's a great idea. I- <laughs> Zika. I got a 22. Oh, 22. Nice. Kiernan. I get a 13. Wow. You're usually the super high one. I rolled pretty poorly. Yeah. Uh, Razor. Three. <laughs> Not all that right. <laughs> Right where we need you. <laughs> right. Okay, so... Uh, Morple uh, actually I'll... got a nine. I'm sorry, I added... I, I thought it was plus six. He's plus seven, so... Okay, two it will not change his place in initiative. Uh, yeah, just, you know, I like to be precise. Nope, that's that's it's fine. Important. Let me set the scene for you. I have a little Albert rodeo here. The password is blob. All right. And I see giant weasel. I see Nalfeshni. <laughs> I think it just gives you random names. Okay. They call me White. I feel like you should be Giant Weasel. It seems it seems <laughs> they were so close. I know they were close. What you're looking at here, this uh, incredibly uh, detailed map, you are basically in the middle of this area where there are all these pools of different colored ooze and slime. Most of these pools are kicking around and splashing and and roiling but these uh ones uh, closest to you uh, particularly are producing entities so most of these things you have seen before one way or another on either side of you there's these pools in which you see four gray oozes begin to slowly work their way onto the scene 
And then ahead of you to either side, there's these two black pools where these large black puddings are beginning to move in your direction as well. And in the center, there's this big blue pool and blomping weirdly out of it like a jello mold is a giant clear cube. As uh, we couldn't have D&D without you eventually fighting a gelatinous cube. (laughs) So there's a gelatinous cube here as well. As things are kicking off, Sumka just goes, clear a path for me. And then uh, it is Nolan. It is your turn. All right. Well, hey, that, that'll be fun. Uh, see, I feel like running up there and clearing a path for him is a good way to get mopped by slimes. I think anything I do is going to get mopped by slimes. But all right, well, I'm going to go... And against all proper food etiquette, I'm going to start with the pudding. And uh, I will go after the black pudding on the left. You know, okay. I think there's one on either side. So to my left, shield side pudding is, is going down. I'm going after that one. So I will move okay. up and attack that pudding. But did you have your meat? No. I, I am, again, Ooh, I am against One would all say, how could today. you? You are up in the face of a black pudding. It is a large amorphous uh, black shape that seems to be a little quicker than these other things. But, you know, Ah, incrementally. This pudding is spry and it has a face, apparently, which is very (laughs) disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Oh, I got a 19 to hit it with my mighty plus one short swords, which I'm assuming will affect black puddings. But we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very, very easy to hit. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take some damage here. We'll see how it goes. Uh okay. uh eighteen. Okay. What kind of damage is that? Piercing damage because it's a, yeah. a yeah. Okay, okay. good. You're able to pierce the slime. Yeah. And deal a hefty amount of damage, and your sword is not corroded by its corrosive form because it is magical. Yeah, that's right. Uh Zika. Alright. I would like to throw up a wall of fire. It seems okay. like a thing that could be helpful, so Yes. Where how would you like to place that wall of fire? Right like that. Okay. So please please to describe to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't describe it to uh no okay. no that's the yeah, that's why i hesitate to use maps right 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 no it does help for somebody who casts kind of control area control spells to use yes, a map that, yeah but for our loyal readers mm. i have conjured up a wall of flame across pretty much our whole right flank trying to block out uh, about half of the gray oozes one of the black puddings and kind of a have it end right where the gelatinous cube starts. Okay. So he'll have to maneuver a little bit to get to us. Excellent. All right. Yeah, a giant wall of flame pops out of the ground. All of a sudden, this battlefield is changed. The slimes react like you imagine. They you know, really they just they just don't do anything. But <laughs> but the great slime appears to uh, to not like that. <laughs> I'm also going to move a little bit. Sorry, I uh, forgot. Oh, okay, no problem. I'm just gonna just gonna move a little bit, kind of uh, into a more sheltered by the others right. position. <laughs> so you you'll move back into a more uh, yes out of the way position. Yeah, a, right. a formation, a formation, definitely not hiding. A formation, everyone else. yes, yes, you're like a diamond formation now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, so this black pudding 
is going to uh, reach out its pseudopod and attempt to strike this knight. Oh, it's a very it's a very metaphorical. Oh, wait, no, he meant me. Never mind. <laughs> I thought he was getting poetic there, but no. But it is going to move slightly down to make room for its friend. And a pseudopod will reach out and uh, miss you with a seven. And uh, next we go to Sunka. Sunka is, uh, yeah, what can he do? He pulls out a vial and takes it and disappears. He's joined the slimes, guys. (laughs) We're screwed. It was a trap. Yeah. You will hear him say, I'm going to start moving up. And then he starts to move up. And next is... A gelatinous cube. Hmm. Unfortunately, the gelatinous cube uh, does not see the invisible guy and moves into the space where it's going to require Sumka to make a save. And he uses his flash or genius to give him a plus four. That will that will succeed. So the gelatinous cube starts to move forward, and you see like it start to like shape around what looks like a little figure, but then it folds back to a cube again as uh, the invisible guy I uh, just made contact with is able to get out of its way, but is going to continue and attempt to engulf Nolan. All right. So, Nolan, I'm going to need you to make a dexterity saving throw. All right. Uh, that is a 20. Okay. You are not engulfed. Haha, I have outmaneuvered an ooze. However, in order for you to avoid uh, being engulfed, you will have to move yourself back five feet. All right. In some direction, but it will still still be engaged with the pudding. Engaged with the pudding is funny out of context. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, Kiernan. All right, I'm going to try to pop a couple arrows into that pudding. Okay. Nolan's fighting. Yep. Uh, that I hope that hits. That's a thirty. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah, you hit it like five times. It's it's um. uh, it's <laughs> it's AC is. Uh, I I I don't think anyone can miss it at this point without rolling a natural one. A sixteen hits then. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Let's see here. Well, that'll be eleven and thirteen. Okay. And that's piercing damage. Piercing damage. Piercing damage with your magical bow. Yep. Okay, the black pudding is definitely getting hurt. It's not split into multiple puddings, luckily. But the second black pudding uh, is going to... uh, Yeah, it's got a wall of fire. So it is going to... Yeah, it's going to attempt to pass through the wall of fire. I like this black pudding. Yeah. So as it approaches the wall of fire and attempts to go through the wall of fire, what happens? Oh, some fire damage. Um, Let me see if it gets a save or not trying to walk through it. Nope, when it enters the wall for the first time, it will deal 5d8 fire damage. All right, go ahead and roll your 5d8 fire damage. That is 20. Okay. It's going to hit the wall of fire, then it's going through the wall of fire, so it's going to take more damage as it walks through the wall of fire. So go ahead and roll that 5d8 again. All right. That's how I think it works. And I've heard it done that way on other podcasts, but they're frequently wrong with rules. So, you know, but I like that. 
it makes sense. We'll, and we'll blame them if we get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, only a dumb slime would move through the wall, not try and go around it. <laughs> the second round does more damage, does 27 damage. Okay. So yeah, this black pudding, as it is immune to many things, but not fire. Yeah. Hooray. It will approach Razor, and it is going to attempt to smack him with its pseudopod. And wow, that's a 10. Okay, cool. These guys are great. And next to go is a Gray Ooze. Gray Ooze is probably not going to be able to reach anyone. Yeah, the Gray Ooze can move a whopping 10 feet. It's going to go through the wall of fire and see if it makes it out the other side. So it will take 20 points. Okay, it actually doesn't take as much of that damage as you hoped. Uh, as the Greyuse is resistant. It's not immune, but it's resistant. Uh, but is going to double move to get up next to Rain. So it's Morple's turn. All right. Well, Morple, I think, sees a, a Grey Ooze that he is confident he can kill. So he will move over to the Grey Ooze and attack with his piercing short swords. And let's see if he has to... See. Let me just... I'm not as uh, studied on Morple and what he should be doing at any given time. I did give him his dagger of venom, but, you know, I don't think he's going to try to poison the ooze. He can do like Hunter's Mark and stuff to stuff. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I think he's just going to attack because this is, I think yeah. he should be able to kill it again. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. We're up on my uh, gray oozes, but I think he can kill it. If it took some damage, I think he can kill it. All right. Yeah, he'll he'll hit with a 21. Okay. And then I think I think he does the uh, uh, does he do the double attacky thing? No, I guess he doesn't yet. Okay. Oh yeah, he has two weapon fighting, so he yes, yeah, he has two so, weapon fighting, so he can yeah. So, all right, first one does a seven, and I think I have to roll again for two weapon fighting. Yes. And that one, assuming the gray use is also pretty easy to hit. Their armor classes are all in the single digits. So. Oh okay, so yeah, good. He got, he got a ten. All right, uh, and that one will do. Uh, six. So seven points on the first one and six points on the... No, I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. Seven so points the, and six points. It's D6 plus two. It's real complicated. Anyway, go ahead. The good news is that Grey Ooze is destroyed. The bad news is his short swords, which I do not believe are magical. Oh, no, they're not. Are now taking a minus one to damage rolls. Okay. As they are beginning to corrode. And then another gray ooze, which is also on the other side of the wall of fire, is going to move up, move up, take a bunch of fire damage. Dun, 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 dun. Approaching Morple and goes through this wall of fire. Then uh, I'm, I was saddened by it being resistant to fire because I rolled really well, and that was 32. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would have totally killed it. But... <laughs> but it's now almost dead. <laughs> and it reaches a pseudopod out to strike Morple and, of course, rolls a seven. Already Razor. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Uh, sorry, I just woke up. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I will cast Spirit Guardians. Okay. So there's these little flying dwarves with hammers and blacksmith smocks and flying around. Not a party until the spiritual dwarves show up. That's yeah. right. Uh, okay. You cast spirit guardians and slightly move, and that will bring us to uh, another gray ooze. The gray ooze will move 
and then it's going to move into your zone of spirit guardians. It must make a wisdom save. Oh yeah, it's got a wisdom of six. It rolls a five. It fails. All right, so it will take 17 points of radiant damage. Okay, so this gray ooze warps across the battlefield and enters this area where these ghostly dwarves uh, pummel the hell out of it. And another Grey Ooze is going to basically have a similar thing happen. So another Grey Ooze coming from the northwest moves into the area, winds up right next to the other one, is going to uh, make a wisdom save that I don't even think it could possibly make. That's an 11. All right, yeah, so it takes 13 points of damage. Okay. As it is attacked by ravening ghost dwarves. And that will bring us up to uh, round two. And uh, we go to Sir Nolan. Woohoo. All right. I am going to continue to fight my uh, deadly and uh, most hated rival, the Black Pudding. Okay. And all of its blood sausage kinds. I will not, I will not tolerate them. <laughs> all right. Uh, that is a 22 to hit it. So, hey, I hit yeah, it. Yeah, you hit it. And, its um, armor class is seven. I Yeah, I know. I just, you know. Yeah, no, I, I know. Like to do it's basic just... math, man. I'm sorry. It's we all love it. We're all here for the math. Uh, that is 17 points of damage. All right, all righty. As it uh, shrinks a little bit more, this this ooze just didn't even see that attack coming. I'm so sneaky. All righty, Zika. All right, I'm going to cast Moonbeam. Okay, and I can get both of these two gray oozes A and D in the five foot radius so they will both have a constitution save as a silvery beam of pale light shines down upon them and hopefully toasts them a little bit some toasted ooze would be nice this time of day mm, yeah and they are constitution uh yeah not and not as good but pretty good okay so they will roll a 19 and the other one will roll a 19. Okay, they will both take half damage, which is half of 13 is six. Unless they happen to be secretly shape changers. So if they're werewolves actually in disguise as gray oozes, I got their number. Yeah. Okay, so it does destroy the ooze to the south. So this moonbeam shines down on these gray oozes and one just kind of disappears. And another one is mostly, uh, mostly destroyed. Uh, okay, so the Big Black Pudding fighting Nolan is going to continue trying to fight Nolan. Oh, here we go. It rolls a 21. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll hit me. All right. So, uh, so you will take uh, seven points of bludgeoning damage and 10 points of acid damage. All right. When I uh, uh, uncannily dodge that, do I only dodge one part of those or do I dodge them? uncannily as a total i will say i will say you could dodge them both i will say yeah i'll say it it has the does it say and i'm sorry what was the what was the total there the total is 17 but it'll be reduced to eight and is your armor magical it is not is it metal it is or at least it's bits of metal so yeah i I think it would all righty it will be mildly corroded so your armor class will be reduced by one yeah, we fought some slimes in the last yeah. swamp we were in. I remember this. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, next to go is the Invisible Cobalt. He will cast a spell. 
and make himself a little bit faster since he's got little short kobold legs. Uh, you have no idea what's going on, but he's getting close. All right, good. That is the gelatinous cube. You're right up here, Scott. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm right up on on that one. Okay. So I think gelatinous cube can uh, yeah. can get in there too and make it a whole house party situation. He's going to attempt to engulf you again. So mm-hmm. I will need you to go ahead and give me a save. All right, that is a seventeen. No, you are not engulfed. All right. If he wants to get me, he should really go after a wisdom saves, not dex saves. Just saying. stay away from charisma and dex here. However, you are pushed back again. All right. Let's see. That was cute. It's going to continue down, and it, it will enter the zone of the spirit guardians. Already, that's a wisdom save. Yep. Let's see. It rolled a minus one. Oh, well, that's that's my number. Um, no, it All takes right. 13. Okay. As, uh, as a gelatinous cube slurps its way across the battlefield, it does come in contact with these ghostly dwarves who bash and smash and smash this uh, horrible beloved monster of Dungeons and Dragons. Kiernan! All right. I am going to use our exceptional training and have Rain disengage and just move from that gray okay. ooze thing. And then I will turn around and uh, shoot that graves with some arrows. Okay. Rain withdraws back behind you, and uh, you will sink some arrows into this gray ooze. Great ooze. 27 for the first one. And oh, nat 20 on the second. All right. Well, uh, you don't even need to roll damage. That gray ooze is destroyed because it had like no hit points left. So the gray oozes are mostly gone, as I expected. Black Pudding B is going to make a wisdom save against the Spirit Guardians. That's a 14. That is a failure. Okay. Oh, well, it takes six points of damage. Oh, well. The Spirit Guardians just weren't into it. Spirit Guardians' uh, hearts really weren't in that one, but they, you know, they're, they're trying. And this Black Pudding is going to reach out a pseudopod and attempt to smash it against Razor. That is a 15 to hit. That will not hit. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it would. Alrighty. Uh, and the next goes Morple. Morple. As the battlefield has cleared around him. All right. Well, uh, Morple, learning as Morple does, will just go, huh, I've got a bow. I'm going to shoot at stuff. <laughs> And not get up all close and all karate. And so he will loose an arrow, I guess, at the black pudding on Razor. Okay. And he will, as soon as I get his sheet up and calculate this correctly, all right, he will hit. And uh, it will do a mighty. Oh, yeah, eat four points of damage. Chuckle nut, what do you got? It takes all that. Yeah. And then he'll do like a pose. You know, yeah, it'll be that meme of the guy in third place for the champagne. That's that's Morple right now. <laughs> Alrighty. So the last gray ooze on the battlefield will fail its wisdom saving throw. So go ahead and uh, let's see if it survives to attack someone. Six. Good news is it had six hit points. Mm-hmm. All right. The spirit dwarves returning to form, reinvigorated with energy, wallop this gray ooze. And it just disappears into the sodden ground of the ooze field. And Razor, it is your turn. I'm going to move over here a little bit, moving the 
Spirit Guardian radius with me. Okay. I'm moving, so hopefully I can get both Black Puddings and the Gelantis Cube in there. Okay. And then I'm going to take a couple attacks at this Black Pudding that has been striking at me. Alrighty. So you move up slightly to the northwest and move the radius of the Spirit Guardians with you. So they are uh, hitting pretty much everything. I hit the Black Pudding twice. Okay. Excellent. And hey, it'll take 10 points of damage from a war, a magic warhammer and 10 points of damage from a magic warhammer. Okay, it takes it takes 20 points of damage from magic warhammer. And it is uh, still there, but it is definitely starting to lose cohesion and get all blorpy jelloey like it's starting to uh, fall apart. And that will bring us back up to the top of the round with Nolan. All right. Well, you know, at the risk of becoming predictable, I am going to attack this black pudding. Yes. Uh, I will hit it. I mean, not very well, but it it ain't dodging, so I will hit it. Um, Man, it should really be used to these sneak attacks by now, but it is not. Uh, That is 16 points of damage. Okay. It is also starting to look very wobbly. And Zika. I think it's in bad shape. It's looking grosser than usual. All right. I will move my moonbeam ever so slightly to the west to the gelatinous cube there that is come to darken our doorways and it will have a constitution saving throw alrighty it's going to roll a constitution saving throw uh that is a 13 that will miss Uh, although i didn't roll fantastically um it's only eight points of damage okay so the moonbeam from the sky moves slightly over and uh, singes this gelatinous cube by the light of the silvery moon yep nothing he can do about that alrighty OG black pudding is going to once again uh, reach out a pseudopod and try to smack Sir Nolan make a wisdom saving throw after it makes a wisdom saving throw oh yeah that's right or it even does that it's going to roll a wisdom saving throw to see if it uh it uh, rolled a 14. Uh, it needs a 15. Okay, it fails. So go ahead and... Uh... Yeah, uh, these spirit guardians do not like this particular black pudding. It will take 20. Okay. <laughs> so the black pudding begins to reach out a pseudopod, uh, but as it does so, a bunch of spiritual dwarves go, hold on a second, <laughs> and then pummel it until it loses cohesion and disappears. Yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get. Fuck around and find out, Black (laughs) (laughs) My friends, Razor's ancestral dwarves are here. (laughs) Sumka, Slime Talker. So, as this Black Pudding goes down and these other uh, remaining slimy creatures begin to start feeling the effects of these spiritual dwarves. You look around you and you see shapes starting to emerge from all the other pools. Uh Uh-oh. As if they're generating more slimes. And then Sunka is going to roll a very important persuasion roll. Okay. Slime therapy. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens at the end of this round. And uh, this gelatinous cube is going to make a wisdom save. It rolls 12, which is a fail. So go ahead and roll the damage. Yeah, they don't like Chalanta's cubes so much. Uh, eight. Okay. 
and the gelatinous cube is going to move, attempt to engulf you, Razor. So go ahead and roll a dexterity saving throw. I gotta get somebody. Oh, I am going to uh, use my ring of evasion to turn that failure into a list. Oh, they got the ring of evasion. <laughs> right. Alrighty. Uh, yeah. So as this gelatinous cube it moves into your space and begins to engulf you, you flash your mind to this ring that you have now, and it shifts you away from the gelatinous cube. So you got to move five feet back. Yeah. And then Kiernan, you are next as a gelatinous cube is getting comfortably close to you. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm going to uh, shoot some arrows at it. Okay. Oh boy, that's terrible. Uh, 13 hit it. It has an armor class of six. Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> so I, I hit it twice. Uh, yeah. And that will, I got the same thing. Uh, 13 and 13. Okay. That's very good. As uh, that gelatinous cube is is just full of the good news, you 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 might be able to retrieve some of your arrows out of this. Oh, thing. that'd be great. Mm. No, they're regular. Well, no, they they went in with magical force, so they're they're still there. But okay, so oh God, this black pudding. There's a black pudding that is still alive. Oh yeah, and it is going to reach out and attempt to touch. But it needs a wisdom saving throw first. It needs to make a wisdom saving throw. I keep forgetting. Yes, a wisdom saving throw is a three. So we'll take 16 points of damage. Okay. So once again, it begins to reach out its pseudopod at you, which would have missed anyway, but you'll never really know because it is pummeled into non-existence by ghostly dwarves. Oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Morple. Morple is next. Oh, Morple. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing stuff. That's fine. I'm yep, there. I'm paying okay. attention. All right. Oh, hey, Morple will loose an arrow at the gelatinous cube. Uh, he will. I know you're going to be shocked. He will hit. Yeah. And he will do a mighty. Hold on to your hats, people. Four points of damage. Yeah. Doesn't do a ton of damage on that bow. It's something. And then he will dab. Razor. <laughs> he will dab. <laughs> I'm picturing a little mushroom man dabbing, and it is yeah. just as delightful as you can imagine. I feel like Morple celebrates every minor, minor interview. Yeah. Take that, QB! I'll swing twice at it with my Warhammer, and it will take nine and six respect. Okay, that is almost, almost as much as you need to destroy it. But it remains, and then... From the center of this whole area here, this whole big round uh, slimy area, the roiling, rampaging great slime begins to cease its roiling and shrink down to a form that looks almost like a face, like it's trying to look like a face, but not doing a great job. And the gelatinous cube begins to slurp back towards its pool. Eventually, well, we'll eventually start to slurp back at its pool, but we'll probably be pummeled down by these spiritual dwarves. But it doesn't, you know, needless to say, combat has ended as the slimes that are beginning to rise out of their pools return to their pools and things get quieter. Normal amount of gorgling gurgling yeah okay yeah yeah um so yeah so so that happens 
All right. I'll do whatever, if there is anything to do, to try to prevent my armor from being completely eaten away and just take that one point of damage. I don't know if it's this continual effect, and I assume Morpo will have to uh, see to his short swords so they don't get completely Yeah, yeah. So. so once it is calmed, eventually you can see that there's a conversation going on between this little tiny kobold and this big giant oozed face thing. And it goes a little something like this. That goes on for a little while. Promise fulfilled. (laughs) And once uh, this grunting and slurping and sloshing and horrible, just gut-wrenchingly awful noise stops, Sumka pads over uh, to where you are. Oh, is everybody okay? Uh, yes, we were just enjoying the orcish poetry recital. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really glad people get to witness that occasionally. It's a real mm-hmm. art form. Uh, okay, well, turns out about a week ago, <laughs> the great slime appears that like it was visited by this thing. It reacted, as I said, apparently after I left, the minds begin to touch each other. The uh, god without shape was weakening it and, and corroding it somehow, which is impossible from what I know of their physiology. But it offered the great slime a deal that it, if it extended the flow into a particular area, it would leave. The great slime did acquiesce and it sent the slime flow into the dragon spire well this comes out of nowhere <laughs> why would the god without shape want to take over a dragon that's crazy wait a minute what well what? all right nobody saw it coming <laughs> hmm. and it did have some kind of lingering effect on the great slime but when i explained to it that some great heroes were here to destroy it it calmed down so you just got to destroy it uh will make my job a lot easier yeah, yeah, no. It's going, so the tower, the spire, there's not a lot of entities that live in the spire itself. The dragon actually has a has a layer that is, uh, it's actually not in the spire. The spire is, it's, it's weird. Uh, the layer itself is kind of everywhere. Uh, the spire is technically part of it, but the spire is where he keeps his most prized possession his consort, uh, a tiefling called Atris. Uh, Possession, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, they, they have a, I don't know, some kind of relationship. I try not to think about it. Uh, I mean, he's had consorts over the ages and various, uh, sometimes they're people who are powerful with magics, you know, sometimes there are people who are talented in different ways, but uh, the spire also uh, contains uh, the priesthood, the cookshin, they're, they're uh, the priest class of the Shishreb, and they oversee uh, the gifting and offerings made to this beast. The Cookshin and, and Atris really don't get along with each okay. other, so that might be something you can exploit, but they might be able to let you into the tower. Okay. Um, we can do something with that. That's where we go next. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound good, but it sounds like what we're going to do. And indeed, that is where you will go next and we're moving into the end game of season one as 
you have found the God without shape and you must stop it before it possesses an ancient dragon and takes over the world. So we'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. And once again, we would love to thank our apprentice architect Patreons, Jillian and John Christensen, Suzanne Bell and Caitlin Thompson. We could not do this without you. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash AOE podcast. Have fun. We'll see you next time.